In today's episode, I speak with Susie Vine, who works with Senior Move Masters. They're experts at taking people who live in 3,000-square-foot homes into 1,200-square-foot senior living communities. Of course, they do more than that, and you can learn all about it in today's episode of Rock Your Retirement. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Today's guest is Susie Vine. Susie began working with Senior Move Managers in November of 2010, and since then has led crews in the packing and unpacking of clients as team leaders and providing consultations for new clients who are considering their move. She earned her BFA in theater design, we're going to have to talk to her about that, and technology, and has studied residential design. Her experience in design, space planning, and universal accessibility support the needs of Senior Move Masters clients looking to declutter, downsize, and relocate to a new home or age in place. Does that about sum it up, Susie? I think that about sums it up. Thanks, Kathy. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks first for inviting me to be part of your program. I'm so excited because this is really all about redefining retirement. I think it's awesome how much we can do to make life easier. So I'm excited to be part of your program today. And, um, you know, I've been with Senior Move Masters now for I can't believe it's been five years. It's amazing to me. And I've gotten to work with so many amazing people around San Diego County and hear the best stories while I'm packing them up and getting them ready for their new place. It's it's an awesome job. Well, we can't wait to hear some of those stories. So before you became a, a Move Master, let me ask you a question. When you were five years old, did you grow up thinking, wow, when I grow up, I want to help people move. What did you want to be when you were five? You know what? I have never been one for the five-year plan. I have to say, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I kind of accidentally fell into studying theater because it sounded like fun. And it was fun. I had a really great time working backstage on sets and decorating the stages and working with designers around the country and fantastic theaters. And that worked for a while, but ultimately I had to get out of that career. And um, so I think though that, you know, life has a crazy way of bringing you to where you're supposed to be and all of those different places that I lived and jobs that I held have all trained me to help people in every little way that pops up in the midst of a move. Did you have any other jobs when you were, say, in high school before you became uh, working in the theater? You know, when I was younger, I grew up in a very rural area of central Illinois. So outside of um, walking corn, detasseling corn, and uh, (laughs) working in the McLean Library, um, you know, once I got to studying theater, I went to Illinois Wesleyan, really close to home, and I got a job there in the shop and worked there summers and just took off from there. That's what I did for 10 years, moved around the country and worked in regional theaters, opera companies, and just had an amazing time kind of exploring the country and being a part of some really exciting art. Were they all small theaters or did you meet anybody famous? You know, they were regional theaters and I met some great designers, but those aren't names that everybody knows. Um, I worked with Ming Cho Lee, who I think his 
set is still riding around the country with the production of Annie that comes through every big town every now and then. Oh, nice. So a couple of those. Yeah, it was always an exciting and very different uh, job, every production. Well, speaking of which, so you were in theater. What made you decide to go into this line of work? I mean, that is so different from theater to helping people plan their move. You know, from the outside, it really seems that way. And uh, I had been in San Diego for about two or three years before a friend of mine who was already working with Senior Move Masters encouraged me to get in touch with Linda Diller. She started the company 12 years ago, and I met with Linda and said, well, you know, I've I've done a couple of moves myself. I probably moved 15 times in 10 years. <laughs> I said, I know how to pack. I know how to set up a place. I know how to keep folks entertained. And, and she brought me on board just very part-time in the beginning. And then over time, I've served in all of the different positions, leading the jobs, helping out on the jobs, meeting the clients and answering the questions. And it's just, um, it's actually a lot like theater because you see it in one place, you know, you see their home and what's important to them and you get that feeling of it. And then you put all of the plan in place so that on the other end, in a totally different environment, usually a fraction of the size, it feels exactly like home. And at the end of moving day, it's a really amazing experience to see our clients experience that. So Susie, for the benefit of my listeners who have no idea what you do, it it seems to me that what you do is you take someone who's living in a 3,000 square foot house and you move them into a 1,200 square foot apartment. Does that pretty much sum it up? You know, that would be a typical move if there is such an animal. We always joke that every move is different, especially when folks call and say, tell me what a typical move might cost. Um, So we really start with meeting them first, doing that uh, consultation, which is free, and talking about what they want to keep, what's important to them, seeing how they operate in their home, and then helping them find resources for the extra pieces. That tends to be a really big roadblock for a lot of folks facing a move. It can be a reason that people put it off. So we try to connect them with resources that have been successful for our other clients, estate sale agents around the county, antique buyers or liquidators. There's even online auctions now. So there are resources for those extra pieces. We try to connect our clients with those so that we can take some of that anxiety out of the the picture and then just, if you can say just, focus on the move itself. (laughs) Speaking of pictures, what do you do with all their pictures? <laughs> it depends on how many they have. You know, I tell folks that when we're moving, I'll try to talk them down to just what they think they need, what they love, what they're going to use in their new em- environment, uh, except for lighting and pictures. I encourage people to bring more than they think they might have room for because typically we can make things a little more consolidated. And the art is really what makes it feel like home again. That's the cherry on top when we get to get those pictures back up on the walls. What if they have a hundred photo albums? What do you do with that? That is not an uncommon situation. And, you know, usually that kind of presents itself as the closet in the guest room or boxes in the garage. And they point at that. They're a little embarrassed. And they say, I've been meaning to get to those. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard it because it's a very common problem. You know, um, in many cases, it depends on the timing and it depends on if there's family available. Grandkids can be a really great resource for scanning those photos in and getting them digitized. And I think it's a good opportunity for them 
to get an idea of who these people are that have been a part of your life while you're still, you know, able to share those stories and uh, remember who those faces are, um, you know, before other people are going through your photos and they don't have you to kind of guide the tour. But there are definitely services that we recommend that can scan and digitize photos. And I think it's a really great solution. Those electronic picture frames that can you can put a memory card in and then you can just it's like an automatic photo album it'll put things on repeat and be a great conversation piece in your new place i love that that's fantastic idea my husband and I have something similar from a couple of trips that shows up on our television. Yes. You know, it's kind of like the screensaver of our TV. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah, media TVs are a great thing, too. You can definitely, uh, I've seen some of those come with the new media card slots. So that's a great idea. So how do you figure that out? How do you take th that 3,000 square foot house and figure out how to get it into 1,200 square feet? I can't, I can't wrap my arms around that. <laughs> Most people can't. And, and it's a really uh, an art to be able to take something like that and put it down in two dimensions on a piece of paper. But going to that space plan is the most important step because you've got the scale plan for your new place where you're going. If it's a retirement community, they typically have one they can hand to you when you go in on a tour. And then you take that home, you measure your furniture, you put that in place and then we say the measuring tape doesn't lie. If it fits, it goes. You can recreate little sitting areas. And again, with the art, that gives you that feeling of home again. But, you know, some things we've been in that huge family home and sometimes the sofa is just not a scale that it is going to fit. But maybe the armchairs can come along and you might consider a smaller sofa or a love seat. So we try to use as much as we can the pieces that our clients have. Because again, it's about recreating that feeling of home so that they feel comfortable and secure from the get-go in their new place. Do you pack everything up and then unpack it? Or what, what happens? Does the family help? Or are you, just, are you just creating the space plan? Or what exactly do you do? So after that space plan is in hand, then uh, we can get down to it. Um, we can do everything from helping our clients sort and separate things that are going to take or leave behind. Um, and then we, our team, our employees, pack and unpack in the new place. Now, we let our clients decide how much of our support they want. So in many cases, they do the sorting themselves because that's an emotional process that they can't really hand off. Then they're prepared when we come in the day before the move and we pack up everything that's going to go. We have it all boxed and ready so the movers can work efficiently. Um, our clients keep what they need out overnight. Um, and then the morning of the move, the team lead returns, takes care of those last minute things, the bed linens, the cold food from the refrigerator, the television or computer that they might have wanted access to. It all goes on the truck at the same time, goes to the new apartment or community to unpack. And then our same team of employees comes and unpacks everything. And that's not just what movers say, oh, we'll unpack you. They often put things on a flat surface and say, thanks very much. But <laughs> we put everything away into cabinets, into closets. I take a picture of the medicine cabinet and our team puts things back in the medicine cabinet. So in the middle of the night when you need your eye drops, they're just about where you would expect to find them. And that's really our goal. We want things to be where you would look to find them. That is so awesome. I would have never thought of that. It really is the little things. Oh my gosh, that, I, I, that I, I'm amazed. Tell me a story about one of your clients. And I'm assuming that you usually get referred by the, the, the children or the homes or where do you get your clients? 
You know, um, now that information is so available online and people are more accustomed to looking for resources that they need online, uh, the children of our clients do find us there, um, our website and Yelp, um, but primarily our clients are finding us through the marketing directors at the community. So when they go take a tour and say, oh, I do love this apartment, but oh my gosh, I've got five bedrooms at home. How am I going to get deal with that? They share some moving resources, uh, some moving companies, and then typically a couple of different senior move managers that, uh, that they can work with. And so a lot of the communities, um, you know, they have to kind of present all the options, but that's where people even find out that this service is available. It's a very new idea to a lot of people, even though that the industry is growing pretty quickly. Well, I had no idea about it. And it's I think it's pretty cool the way that your organization does kind of like a big reveal, like you see on the HGTV television shows, you know, that people go out to lunch and they come back and there's their house. Boom. Is that kind of like what you do? You know, that's, uh, that's kind of our ideal situation. Um, but we don't require our clients to be gone on moving day. Some move managers do, but we, just as we give our clients the choice of where they want to use our support, we let them choose if they want to take the day off, go have lunch with their family and be pleasantly surprised when they come home, or if they feel like they want to be there. A lot of a lot of our folks that we work with say, but surely you'll have questions for me. And they're kind of surprised that we don't have too many because we've seen everything just as they have it before. And that's what we're working to recreate. But it's a little hard to get that distance from things. So it's really exciting when we do get to have that big reveal and they just see the big, you know, picture and say, oh my goodness, I never thought that this apartment was going to feel like home, but you really did it. That is really, really nice for the retiree. Is it usually the retiree that winds up making the phone call to you or is it their children? In most cases, it is. It's the folks who are planning the move into the community and then they've got this list of things now we have to do and their head is swimming. I can, I can tell when I pick up the phone and talk with them. I'm, I'm one of many stops, but we try to really st- simplify and streamline and take some of those things off of their list so that they can feel less overwhelmed. Well, that's great because the majority of my clients are baby boomers. They're not your clients. Mm -hmm. They're your clients' children. And so one of the things that we like to do is give the clients' children resources. And then if if they're trying to get their parents to move, because a lot of times it's the children who encourage their, their parents to move. I know that with my own father, he has Parkinson's. And I had been encouraging my stepmother and my father to move for five years because they had stairs and I was petrified that he was going to fall down the stairs. So they finally made the plunge this year. They moved from Alaska to Florida. And although you couldn't help them, because I knew of, of your service, I told my stepmother about it. People don't know about your services. So I, I'm so glad that you're here explaining what you do. Yeah, I'm really, really happy to try to get the word out. And that's definitely something we focus on, those sorts of opportunities, talking at senior centers, but especially in terms of how we can help your audience, the folks who are just, um, we like to call it the sandwich generation. If they're wrapping up their careers, they still have family on both sides. They've got a lot of obligations and got a very busy calendar. So we can really help take the pressure off. 
And I think that the best benefit there is that the adult children of our clients, who many of which at this point are in their 80s and 90s, but that age is definitely opening up. The concept of active living communities is a little more all-encompassing, and people are starting to make that move younger and younger. But when we're helping folks in their 80s and their adult children can just be available to be the emotional support to say, hey, let's go out and get lunch, or you're looking like you're a little tired, let's take a break. They don't have to be the driving force in the move. And that's where I see tension really start to build in the relationship. And, and it's sad to see that because moving is a time of stress. So anything you can do to support your parents when they're in that transition, I feel it's so invaluable. And you can just have the people who know the industry, who know the pitfalls of moving and can make sure everything goes smoothly, take care of the dirty work. Right. And then you don't have to tell your parents, hey, you have to throw this out. Bingo. I'm (laughs) so happy to be the neutral third party and say, it's just not working in this space plan. We want to keep your 36 inches. That's a safe clearance. That's what the community is going to want to see when we go home at the end of the day. So this is what we recommend. If you give up that sofa, you're going to be able to keep this piece. When it comes from the kids, all they hear is, you know, the the chatter, the the talk from years past, and they think, oh, you've just been tired of that sofa for years. This is just your chance to finally make me get rid of it. <laughs> We leave the choice up to our clients as much as possible. We want to empower them to feel like they're in control of their transition. And then there's no fighting. And you really help take the the arguments away from the children, the parents, and just make everything a lot calmer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's really our ideal situation. It's a really chaotic um, two days. It all happens in a really short period of time. So the less that people feel they are obliged to do to feel like on their list, the more they can relax and they can focus on the transition that they are working in. And I tell our clients, the welcoming committee doesn't wait. As soon as they see boxes in the hallway, the neighbors are knocking on the door and say, introducing themselves. And are you going to come down for dinner or let us pick you up for breakfast? So now there's no excuse. You don't have to say, oh, I've got to get rid of these boxes first. These clients can just get engaged and start enjoying the activities and the new life that they've signed on for. It's really exciting. I love that. You know, my husband moved into our large house in 2008, and we still have boxes in the garage that we have not unpacked. Exactly. So could you come over and unpack them for us? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'd be us, happy to. We, we need to throw these boxes away <laughs> since we haven't looked at them since 2008. Um, just kidding about that. So, <laughs> so tell me a story about one of your clients that was either funny, heartwarming, or just memorable. Well, uh, I, I do recall some clients that we moved out of downtown San Diego in the midst of Comic-Con. Oh, no. And if you haven't experienced it, you just don't know life in San Diego. It's like Disney has hit the streets. But I was aware of it, so I had our movers prepared. We we brought in one of our fastest crews, and everybody was prepared for that. But these particular clients were lovely. And uh, he, after his career in the Army, then he was a chemical engineer. And then in some capacity, he worked in Mexico City, during the construction of the metro system. 
And so he was part of the excavations and digging and, and putting all of that infrastructure in place. And at that point in time, and I've heard since from other people um, from the area, these these little artifacts, little pieces of pottery and things just come up anywhere you go. The, the ground is just rich with these little trinkets. And so in the process of this excavation, he, you know, collect little bits and pieces and hang on to them. And he kept them through the years. After his career was over, he retired and he became a really fantastic artist. Uh, he did lithographs and he did sculptures. So when I met them, they were living downtown in this apartment, little tiny apartment with all of his art on the walls. It was pretty crowded. Oh. But they were already in a small space. We were moving them to a smaller one. So I worked with them on their space plan. Uh, we helped him decide what art was going to fit and we helped him pack and ship uh, the art that was going out to family and friends that he was passing along. And we got them all moved in and set up and brought that wonderful eclectic spirit to their new apartment. They uh, moved into a community in, in UTC. And uh, about a year later, I got an invitation from them. They invited me and now my husband at the time, my boyfriend, to their 70th anniversary party. Oh, my gosh. And my husband was absolutely bowled over that I even knew anyone who'd been married for 70 years. But the fact that a year later, they they were still so so touched by what I had help, helped them through that they um, invited me to be part of that little, you know, celebration. And the two of us went down and had a lovely time. And in fact, they handed out favors to all of the guests. And he had these little trinkets he'd saved through the years. And everyone got a little piece, just a little tiny piece of a, a little pottery, something that he had kept in his own collection. So it's never too early or too late to be downsizing. <laughs> that is that is fantastic. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. So, wow, that, 70 years, that is absolutely crazy. We work with exceptional people. <laughs> Sounds like it. Tell me about a typical day in your business and how it helps clients or children of clients, since that's the listeners to our show, rock your retirement. You know, a typical day, um, I think that our focus is always foreseeing the issues that we know are going to come up along the course of the move. Our team leaders get assigned to work with our clients as soon as we have their moving dates set, and they've really got that communication open. We help solve everything along the way so that when it comes down to the move, you know, the packing day, we make short work of all of that. And the unpack, we get everything set up really quickly. We take all of that stress out of the whole process. So it's kind of like being a wedding planner where you're working with Bridezilla, but instead you're you're working with Movezilla. <laughs> it's so true. In fact, <laughs> that's exactly the, the analogy that I like to use is when people first started hearing about this the wedding planner idea. Why would you use someone else to plan your wedding? It's such a personal event. But now it's so commonplace and accepted because these people know the industry. They know the venues, the vendors that you're going to want to use, the things to look out for, and they make everything run so smoothly. So that's really how I see senior move management has kind of come into the field. Fantastic. Well, we are going to wrap up the show. And there's always two questions that I ask people. And the first one is, what do you think people should know before they actually retire? I think that uh, I think that people should understand that all of those preconceptions, the ideas of what retirement is about, are completely out the window. 
people are really redefining their aging process. They're taking ownership of it and they're deciding what they want it to look like. And so I think that's what's really exciting. There's so many opportunities that are available just because new innovations are coming along every day. You know, so you really get to kind of write your own story and decide what you want your retirement to look like. That is great advice. We also have a lot of listeners who are new retirees, or maybe they feel stuck in their lives at the moment. If you were sitting across the table from a brand new retiree, what's the one piece of advice that you would give that retiree to help them have a successful retirement since you've seen so many retirees over the course of your work? You know, one thing that I think um, the booming generation is uh is more adept at perhaps than their parents is utilizing the services that are available. Um, and so you've really just got to put it out there. Just decide what it is that you enjoy, what you want to keep ownership of, what you want to stay on top of in your life. But the things that fill your schedule or just aren't really, you know, you feel that it's a good use of your time, consider outsourcing that. There are so many new little avenues in the senior service industry that are coming up. I mean, the ideas are just brilliant. And so it really is possible to decide what you want to do and then delegate the rest and free yourself up to have uh, the time and the energy to do the stuff that you love. So for example, are you saying that I should outsource uh, babysitting my grandchildren? By all means. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet they're charming. Give me a call. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding on that one. I'm just kidding. I'd like to thank Susie Vine with Senior Move Masters for coming on to the show. I think she's, I think that you have actually educated a lot of our audience about a a, uh, community that, you know, that they didn't know existed. How can people get a hold of you if they are interested in your services? Well, we're definitely online. Please check out our website. We are at SeniorMoveMasters.com. Masters is plural. SeniorMoveMasters.com. We try to keep our Facebook page active because that's where everybody spends time too. Um, But you can always call our office too. Again, we have a free consultation and we're happy to just answer questions. Anything we can do to lower the stress that comes along with the transition. Our phone number is 800 545-4775. Well, thanks again, Susie. And if anybody calls uh, or goes online, please let them know that you heard the interview on the show. I'm sure that Susie would love to know that that's how you found out about her. And we will see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Hello. Hey, Bob, it's Jim. You going to make it to the driving range today? I wish. My dad keeps forgetting his medications, and he fell last week and he bruised his hip. I'm too worried to leave him alone since Mom died. Take a look at the electronic caregiver. It'll remind your dad to take his medication every day. An emergency medical technician is one button away, and the system will know if he's fallen and send help, even if he's knocked unconscious. You can't watch over your dad 24 hours a day, but the electronic caregiver can. Go to www.electroniccaregiver.com. It'll give you your life back, and your dad's too. Oh, wait. 
I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it. It's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. 
just go to rockyourretirement.com support and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.